Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in to the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Frame. Eric Scopel with me on the show as always. And today we are previewing the running back position group going into the 2020 football season for the Oregon Ducks. It's going to be a big year for this group. And before we dive in, I want to remind everybody right now that you can subscribe today for $1 for your first month of VIP membership to DuckTerritory.com. $1 for your first month, $9.95 there after that or if you want to go and save a huge chunk of money save over 36 dollars over the course of a year you could subscribe today for an annual membership of 75 dollars and 18 cents billed one time uh, but compare that month to month to our monthly rate and you are paying six dollars and 26 cents that's a good chunk of change off of our monthly rate inside scoop expert analysis read all the content across the 24 7 sports network by subscribing to DuckTerritory.com today. And that is the most impactful way to support the podcast on this show. And uh, if money is, is tight or if you can't subscribe right now, we totally get it. We understand. There are other ways that you can support the show, and that's by doing a free subscription to our podcast. And you can do that through iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, whatever platform you use to listen to the show. Subscribe to make sure that on your device, you get notified and uploaded of every single new update that we do on the show. And you also can give us a review. Reviewing, uh, uh, giving us a review is a huge way of uh, working with the algorithm of podcasting and making sure we get seen by as many Duck fans out there as possible. So, Eric, running back group, uh, this is a position, I look at it as it's pretty loaded. And if you're going to play any kind of significant amount of snaps in the 2020 football season, you are going to be a really good running back because of how much talent is in the room, how much returning talent is coming back and what is expected of this group. You have to be pretty darn good to play. Oh, there's no question about it. Oregon returns. their their three best running backs from last year and all of them. I mean, I, I think you look back at this and I don't know if people in the moment do this, but like, I thought Oregon did a great job of of using all three last year of utilizing, you know, obviously CJ as the primary running back. He had injury issues and, and had to come out at times, but Travis died being a great fill in and a great third down back. And then Cyrus primarily used around the red zone, but other times during the season, they utilized him at other parts of the field. I think you saw last year, it just like kind of how versatile and how multiple you could be in this offense at running back with, with just using different personnel. And I, I'm going to be curious going into this season to see if they well, have got their three guys back that I just mentioned. Will there be a fourth running back they start including? Will we see some two running back sets? I mean, I think that's something to, to maybe consider asking Joe Moorhead, uh, you know, as camp goes on. I mean, just because the depth here is pretty significant. I mean, again, you're returning three running backs who now have had two full seasons of playing and proving themselves. I think CJ Verdell, you know, we can, I think this is something to talk about at the end of the show here, but uh, you know, 247 Sports, we did, you know, this was not Matt, Kevin, and, and myself, but the, the national guys did the evaluation on the Pac-12 and, and selected CJ as the Pac-12 player of the year this year. Um, you know, he is a big-time running back here, 
I think he has a chance to have a fantastic season, um, you know, but you, then you also have these other backs. And it's going to be interesting to see, I think, how all this comes together. Will you use a CJ on the field with a Travis, who's a good receiving back, or a Sean Dollars, who's a good receiving back? Could you see maybe a bit of a power formation where you have a CJ and a Cyrus or, or maybe a Trey Benson? It's a true freshman running back who we'll talk about, I'm sure, on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's almost a situation here where you've got one football – Typically, you only have one running back on the field. There's going to be some really talented running backs that aren't playing very much this year, and that's just a byproduct of the depth that Oregon has accumulated. And I think, you know, we we had wondered aloud at times about the possibility of, of C.J. Verdell considering opting out and going pro after, you know, but instead of playing this season, I think his return is really significant. And if you go in, and, and again, we've not been able to watch practice, but you look at the photos that are on the internet of CJ running with the football. Uh, and I know it's just in shorts and a t-shirt with a helmet, basically at this point they're in shells, but he looks like he's put on some weight. I mean, and, and I know it's not represented in the depth chart. Let's try the new roster, by the way, he's, he's actually gained an inch and actually I've got his entire career uh, historical stuff pulled up on goducks.com. Since he arrived at Oregon, he's apparently grown two inches, which is that's significant. He was five eight one ninety two when he came in and now he's five ten two ten. So um, I'm very excited to see this whole group come together, but you're right. I think that initial point you made about like, boy, <laughs> it's going to be tough to play this season. There's just so many dudes. I look at CJ Verdell and in the normal year, he would have the, I think the, the first year or he would have, he would become, I think one of the second or third player in program history to rush for a thousand yards in a normal year, getting to a thousand in in seven regular season games, potentially eight, maybe nine, if they get to a college football playoff and then win a game, uh, it's going to be difficult. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you can still get to a thousand in seven carry in seven games. It's just going to be you're going to have to have a plus performances every year or every game. Yep. So Verdell is Verdell is going to be a guy who, statistically speaking, will go down as one of the best running backs in program history, regardless of. Uh, what happens in 2020. I think Travis Dye is, is a very capable, very, very good backup running back. And I don't like using the word backup because he plays a ton exactly. for Oregon. Uh, they both you, you know, they both had 6.2 yards per carry last season. I think the, the weird thing with Dye is he didn't score a touchdown uh, on the ground last year. Uh, he caught one touchdown pass. And I think for me, Eric, you mentioned about seeing multiple running backs. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me a little bit if we see Travis die. Uh, I, I would think at least based off of what he's done in his first two years as a pass catcher, that he could be a viable threat in, in the passing game. Uh, and maybe we see some double you know, running back sets, some twin running backs, and it leads to, you know, some, some really, I, I, I'm going to say air quotes options where you could run it with a Verdell and then pull it out of the stomach and, and toss it out into the flats to Travis die and whatnot. Uh, just, just spitballing here. But I, I really think you're onto something where we could see some, some tandem situations where it's a Verdell and a, and a die or a die and Cyrus. Um, Sean dollars started the Rose bowl in the slot for Oregon as a true freshman last year. Uh, he played in a, a couple of games and four was able to preserve his red shirt year. So he's a red shirt freshman in 2020. He had seven carries for 81 yards and he's kind of, I think the leader of the pack to be that fourth running back in the group. Um, and that's going to be the question is, do they go deeper than three CJ yep. Verdell, Travis Dye and Cyrus Avila Keo. And if they go deeper than three, who's that fourth guy? 
we should note we're not at practice, as we said. Rob Mosley is. He, he posted on the first day of practice getting some Maurice Morris vibes from watching Trey Benson, big, smooth back. And so there's at least some sort of – that's another newcomer to know. Um, a highly regarded, I believe, borderline four-star recruit out of Mississippi in this 2020 class. Uh, as he says, big physical runner. Um, you know, we haven't had a chance to see him play yet, but listed at 6'1", 211, that's certainly – uh, from a height perspective, he's now the tallest running back out of the group. And from a weight perspective, he's, he's right up there with, with well, a pound heavier than CJ and about 10 pounds lighter than Cyrus. So he certainly has the size. That's another name to mention. But I think you're right that Sean Dollars feels like somebody that could be – I mean, if he had more opportunity, could have like a breakout season, right? I mean, I think that's the thing we're, we're kind of – we think he's really talented. The moments he had last year on the field, which were very – minimal he redshirted last year that indicates he only played for a few games was very impressive when he was out there I think about that near touchdown run he had I think that was against Montana um you know they, they try to utilize him a little bit in the Rose Bowl I, I think he's somebody you're going to see involved probably ahead of Trey Benson I think he is probably that fourth guy but like is it out of the realm of possibility that like a Sean Dollars ends up having an even bigger role than we were expecting I don't think that's something we can either we can discount either I know he Spent the offseason, I think, cutting some weight and getting leaner. I think he lost 8 to 10 pounds. Um, you know, he's somebody who doesn't or didn't come in known as like a speed back who has that like breakaway acceleration. I think that was one of the things that people were saying might be like a, I don't know, like a, a shortcoming in his game. Maybe he's got a little bit more of that. I'm excited to see him perform um, as well. And then the other running back on scholarship is Javon Wilson, who gets read another retro running, freshman running back in that 2019 class with dollars, who – I think kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Another big running back, uh, 6'2", 212. So I guess, I guess he's an inch taller than Trey, but they're about the same size. Um, interested to see if, if he gets, you know, he's another name just to have in, in that group there to mention. But I'm going to be curious to see. So is it just these top three and then a fourth? Or could we see it be one of these guys that, that aren't in that top group from last year, possibly breaking into that top group and, and actually carving out a bigger role than we're expecting? Like, I don't know if I'm going to be like completely stunned if by the end of the season, Sean Dollars is playing you know, more frequently than one of these other guys that returns just because we know that the talent is there and, and we've seen some of it in flashes. I, and boy, I, boy, do I wish we got a chance to watch some of these practices just to see the progress he's made and, and the progress these other running backs. And, and again, just to see like a guy like Trey Benson first time. Now I'm not going to, I'm going to do a little bit of speculating here. Okay. Uh, Javon Wilson, he didn't play a single game in 2019. And that's kind of rare in, in the sense where we see players, be able to play in up to four games and still redshirt. Yeah. Um, he, he did not find himself on the field once in a football game. It's pretty rare um, to see that. Don't want to read too much into it one way or the other, but we do know that coming out of high school, out of Valencia High School in, in Southern California, Javon Wilson was rated as an athlete, a four-star athlete. And the reasoning behind that was – Running back, also linebacker. And I know, you know, speaking with a couple of our evaluators within 24-7 sports, they felt like his future was that he would be at his best in, the, in college if he played linebacker opposed to running back. Oregon offered him a, a spot to come in as a running back because he wanted to play there first. But maybe, and just put, you know, maybe putting a couple things together here, he's he's fifth at best on, on the depth chart right now in a limited Great. season, Trey Benson's showing up and um, you don't want to read too much into that tweet from Rob Mosley, but it's, it's nonetheless, that's a pretty lofty comparison. Maurice Morris back to back yeah. 1000 yard rusher guy that had a little cup of coffee in the NFL. Um, 
maybe with the news that Samson knew potentially might not play this year and the linebacker depth inside being hit a, a little bit, maybe that's a way for Javon Wilson to get, to get on the football field. Maybe it's, Hey, you know what? Running back, you can still play there, but you're just not going to play. Like, you, you might have to wait three or four years to see the football field, whereas you might be able to get on the field now in 2020 as a reserve inside linebacker. Maybe, maybe that's a, a way of kind of figuring out the pecking order a little bit of the, the discussion of Javon Wilson potentially having to change sides of the field. And that's just pure speculation. Well, it's an interesting point, though, because uh, Mario did not include him when talking about the running backs earlier this week. And I, I don't want to say every time he – forgets the name or doesn't include a name that means that that person is, is so that's something wrong with that player but he also didn't mention Samson New with the linebackers when he was discussing them and, and then a couple of days later we learned that uh, Samson might not be playing this season so I and again I don't he hasn't no yeah we've heard nothing publicly indicate that that's a possibility or that's in the works and we're again we're not at practice and we don't have access to see who's with which position group but if boy if, if we could find if, if we saw one of these practice photos and he was in a green jersey which is the defensive side of the ball as opposed to the white jersey which is the offensive side of the ball I wouldn't be totally stunned either um you know and it's again his brother at Arizona State similar thing I think he came in as a as a running back and moved to defense and I think shuffled back and forth throughout his career um Javon's a talented player uh but he again he he's kind of behind the eight ball here. I mean, like quarterback, you only get really one of them on the field. Unlike quarterback, you can see them rotate in more, but being the fifth or sixth running back on a college football team in a seven game season, where you're probably not going to be playing a ton of like deep, deep reserves. Like he didn't play at all last year. Like if he wants to play, it's probably not going to be a running back this year, probably going to be like on special teams or as a second or maybe not even second, like a third team linebacker. So I'll be very curious to see what they do with a guy like Javon. I was I was high on his upside coming out of high school um, in last year. We just we just frankly haven't seen him do much. So um, another name to know and mention for sure. And then of course you got the two walk-ons that are also on the roster, KJ Maduki and Cross Patton. Um, and part of the reason that was interesting is Cristobal did mention the two walk-ons, but not Javon Wilson when discussing this running back group on Friday. So. Again, reading maybe not reading too much into it, but kind of an interesting um, admission from from Mario there, or sorry, omission from Mario there with with Javon, considering he did mention the two uh, young walk-on running backs. Now, new quarterback, new offensive line. It's safe to say, right, that early on Oregon should and probably will lean on this position group at running back to kind of shoulder the load a little bit while they work in those new new faces at those two position groups? I would think so, right? I mean, you've got, again, I mean, CJ Verdell is legitimately one of the best running backs in the country. I don't know if he'll rush for a thousand yards. I was trying to do the math earlier. He needs to need to average about 125 per game in an eight game season to do that. And that's certainly more than he's done throughout his career at Oregon, but he's a very, very talented running back. And I, I would lean on him. And again, if, if this could be a season where CJ is healthy, for the entirety of the seven or eight game season, it's going to be an eight game season because everybody goes to bowling. So in an eight game season, um, I think he's put to, he's got, he's capable of having a massive season. So yeah, I'd, I'd rely upon him. The photos we've seen online again, he looks like he's put on some weight, even though the roster doesn't reflect it. Again, I kind of think it's funny that he was grown a couple of inches, but um, <laughs> people grow at different times. I think I grew like three inches after high school. So whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be a situation where, where you do have more experience at running back than you do at quarterback. 
than you do on the offensive line. Then you really have that receiver. I mean, this is the and definitely tight end. I mean, this is the position offensively that you have the most experience and in in-game reps for. You know, I mean, I'm sure if we don't have the information right in front of me, but if you were to just look at the most starting reps from all of these offensive position groups, I don't think there's a question that CJ Verdell um, and then probably Travis Dye filling in for CJ a couple times that those backs have the most starting reps or the most important reps of anybody. So yeah, I'd lean on these guys. I think this is going to be an offense where we do see them run the football. Um, a fair amount I think we're going to see a fair amount of quarterback running and I think when you have a running back like a CJ or a Travis or Cyrus or even some of these other younger guys we're talking about that quarterback off you know that quarterback option run play is going to be benefited significantly by having a player like those guys that you can pitch it out to um, out of an option so or, or or to either keep it or give it to I mean just just kind of that misdirection there with with a talented runner I think the defense is going to pay more attention to a running back like a CJ who again is going to come in as the leading rusher from last year returning and, and one of the favorites to be Pac-12 offensive player of the year. Now it's interesting. I'm going to pose this question to you. Uh, okay. Is CJ Verdell the top running back in the Pac-12 going into the 2020 football season? Because a couple, a couple arguments against that. Uh, I think that maybe the one player I maybe really th- pause on that is Max Borgie at Washington State but is Max Borgie more of a running back or kind of like a all-purpose type dude because he's such a prolific player in the in in the, the passing game for the Cougars as well um, he, he did average the highest yard per carry in the Pac-12 Max Borgie did at 6.43 Sean McGrew the projected starter at, at Washington he had the second highest at 6.22 but he had a very limited amount of carries compared to everybody else. Just 55 carries last season in 12 games as the backup. Travis Dye was third in the, in the conference in yards per carry at 6.21. He had over 100 yard, 100 attempts, 106 total. Uh, compare that to Max Borgie's 127. And then there's Verdell, fourth in the conference, 197 attempts, an average of 6.19 yards per carry. Uh, you look at the attempts – Verdell was sixth in the Pac-12, the guy with the most carries, second most carries coming back. Christopher Brown of California had had a couple more carries than what Verdell did. Is Verdell the best running back in the Pac-12 in 2020? I think three names that, that come to mind. You mentioned a couple of them that could challenge him for that. Um, would be Borgi at, at Washington State, would be Christopher Brown at Cal. And then the other one who kind of gets lost in this is uh, Jamar Jefferson at Oregon State. He had that tremendous freshman year, ran for almost 1,400 yards. I think he was like second team all-conference. Um, 12 touchdowns was really great that season. Last year, he split carries, had an injury, split carries with, with Artavius Pierce, now graduated. I think those are the three guys that could really contend Unless these are the guys that return that we know about. There might be somebody that, that is a true freshman or has been waiting in the wings at another program that, that I'm not as familiar with who's going to just blow up and have a big season. I think Stephen Carr at USC was a five-star recruit. He's been kind of in a, a job share for a while. Maybe he, he's that guy. But Washington's I, Richard Newton had 10 touchdowns. Yeah, there's certainly – About 500 yards, though. Certainly another kind of name to, to keep an eye on. But I, I think Verdell is really, really talented. And I think we look at the stats he had last year. And again, if you think about what if you included another four or five of those second halves he missed to that production. And he would have, you know, he was second in the conference in rushing yards with 1,220 last year. Matt, uh, Zach Moss of Utah had uh, 1,416 yards. He'd be about 200 yards ahead of him. I don't think there's any question in my mind that Verdell 
would have led the conference in rushing had he played in all those second halves. I think he would have certainly had enough opportunity to get an added 200 yards from those four or five. I, I can't even remember it because it was so many that he missed. And so, and that's probably the reason why you could argue against him being the best returning running back is he just hasn't really proven throughout his career. He can stay on the field. Um, he doesn't miss games, which is interesting. I don't think he's ever like actually missed a game, but he frequently is knocked out of games and unable to return. And I'm hoping, and I think this is something we mentioned before that the long and extended off season from, from football, from, from, from taking all the pounding and the hits that you take at the running back position. And that's, again, it's why it's important to have quality backups like Oregon has. Um, I'm just hopeful maybe we see Verdell at full steam this season. He's fully healthy. And maybe we do see a season where he's not getting every, every single rush at running back, but that he's healthy enough where, and dynamic enough where he really does actually sort of take this job over more. I mean, we've seen I mean, last year, Travis Dye ran almost half as many times as CJ and, uh, Cyrus wasn't that far behind. He ran it. It was 197, 107, and 85 uh, um, were the, the, the temp counts from those three guys. I'm not going to be like totally surprised if, if this is a season where CJ is healthy. And if he's healthy all the way through, I think he's going to be the best running back in the conference. And I think I could see him being and actually taking a much larger percentage of these reps. I mean, again, if you do the math there, the two, you know, Dye and, and Habibi Likio, you combine – their rush numbers and it's almost identical to the number of carries Verdell had last season. I think if Verdell is healthy and fully ready to play all year, he, that won't be the case that those two aren't going to combine for the same number of rush attempts. I, I think in a perfect world, you'd like to see CJ Verdell run the ball 20, 25 times a game, catch the ball a couple of times at the backfield and just be the workhorse. Um, now it's just a matter of whether his body can allow him to do that. And we'll end it here. Is this Verdell's last year? You think I, I think it is. Um, I think Verdell goes pro knowing his injury history, like you just laid out of him playing in games along with the the wear and tear that he's going to have in his career. I mean, going into his third year with the program, he has almost 400 carries to his name, 399 carries to be exact. So his first carry in 2020 will put him over 400 carries. Uh, we'll put him at, excuse me, 400 carries and, I think it's safe to say he'll probably end 2020, probably over 500 carries in his career. Uh, that's a lot for a running back. And knowing he's had games in the past where he struggled to stay completely healthy for the full game, knowing his production in his two seasons with the Ducks, uh, he's got over 2,000 yards, 2,238 total yards, rushing 18 touchdowns. Uh, he has o o almost 450 receiving yards and two more touchdowns there. I look at this as this is Verdell's last year with Oregon, unless it's just a bomb of a year from him from a statistical standpoint. Um, I, I look at him and, and think this is a player that, quite honestly, we'll, we'll probably see him declare early for the draft and, and go hear his name called some in some of the first seven rounds of, of that draft, or the, the, one of the seven rounds of the draft in 2021. Part of the one of the cool things right now with is the opportunity to watch as much NFL as I've been watching, and and I'll say I think CJ's game really fits with what you're seeing NFL off offenses do. Um, you know, he's built very well to run between the tackles. He's proven he can do that. I know there's been questions of his vision at times. Um, you know, there were times last year where he he wasn't very effective because of that, and it wasn't just the injuries. But he is a capable pass catcher he's good between the tackles like i just said he can he's got those explosive runs you think about 
the long run against Utah. I know we had another long run, I think, against Colorado and another long run against Washington State. Um, I, I just look and, I, you know, if you're just trying to compare him to the running backs you're seeing in the NFL, I, I think he kind of fits the mold of what you're seeing. I mean, he's the Miami Dolphins yesterday just beat the crap out of the 49ers and Miles Gaskin was gashing them. And, and I will be honest, I don't think Verdell is worse than Miles Gaskin. And so I, I look at Verdell and think, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think if he has a season this year, which is indicative of his talents and his skill set, and he's able to, again, stay healthy. I think, I think this is the probably last time we see him. And, and again, that's, that kind of stinks, especially because it's an abbreviated season and he's only going to play, you know, eight games max, maybe, maybe a ninth if Oregon runs the table and makes the playoff. But yeah, I have a hard time seeing him not declare unless like you said, it's just a season where he's not very good at all. And that would really surprise me too, because we've seen him make strides during each off season. You know, he's, he's allotted, he's lauded for his work ethic for being somebody who puts a lot of effort into this. Again, I think the, the photos we've seen of the way his body looks coming into fall camp and it's just a couple still photos on, on the internet. So maybe we shouldn't take too much from it, but it looks like he certainly didn't slack off this off season. He looks pretty bulky. Um, yeah. I, I think this is probably CJ's last year at Oregon. And if it is his last year at Oregon, that probably means Oregon had a pretty darn good season because that means he was running the ball at a very high level. Certainly going to be fun to watch. Certainly going to be interesting to see play out as Oregon loaded again at the running back position group. And I think I, I can speak for Eric on this one. We expect big things from this group. Statistically, it's tough to, to really figure out and get a gauge of what you can accomplish in a seven-game season. But nonetheless, as a unit, this should be one of Oregon's better units in 2020 on offense or on defense knowing who's back and knowing the talent that's there and the talent that they've added into this running back room. Pretty darn good group of players here. Stay tuned for more previews. We'll look ahead to the receiving group, the tight end group, offensive line, and we'll, we'll, we'll dip into the defense starting this week as well here on the Odds and Audibles podcast. For Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Brame. Thank you for listening. Talk to you later, folks. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.